Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles. What the hell are we? Next Generation, the second hour of the Ghost Chronicles radio hour. And how can I get out of this screen? Ah, crap, I'm on a stupid screen. I can't be. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me ain't anybody. So there you go. Uh... I do want to mention a couple things because this is a probably the strangest. You know what's irritating me is I have something that I and I'm stuck on a screen and I can't get out of the screen. Roy, Roy, help me! <laughs> God help me! Oh, there it is. All right. So anyway, good. So anyways, uh, yeah. See, I can't uh, multitask very well. Anyways, welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinet and Pararex Radio. I am Ron Kolick, and there's no Ann tonight. She is working. But this has been probably one of the strangest years that I've ever witnessed in my entire life. I like to call it the year that wasn't because it pretty much wasn't a year. And, uh, you know, we look at it. We know all about the pandemic. We know all, everything we've gone through with that. But this was just a freaking strange year with a whole pile of weird stuff that we never even thought about. For instance, okay, check this out. Do you know a star went missing? And I'm not talking about a Hollywood star. Oh, hell no. I'm talking about a heavenly star. Although some Hollywood stars are pretty heavenly, but that's besides the point. So, anyways, have you ever heard of a massive star just disappearing? Hmm, I don't know, not really. For nearly two decades, astronomers have studied a star in a galaxy in far, far away, 75 million light years. That is pretty far. And uh, recently, they look at the latest observation and realize they couldn't find it anymore. The discovery was announced last month, and it could be the first instance of a star disappearing. The theory is behind it. You know, it, here it is. There it isn't. Uh, the theory behind it is that the star actually collapsed into a black hole without first exploding into a supernova. So that's what happens with stars. They they actually explode into like this supernova and then they get like open up this black hole where everything gets sucked into. So I mean if you've seen a lot of science fiction you've seen a lot of this stuff about supernovas and black holes and everything else. I don't know if you guys remember the old Disney one uh, uh, black hole and that was pretty for Disney that was pretty dark pretty dark uh, film for them. Uh, if you ever get to check it out, I know it's been remade, but check out the original and think about it for the time period. It was a, a decent film. So anyways, that was one of the strange, strange things that happened in our year of the year that wasn't 2020. So what else you, uh, you might ask has happened? 
Well, we have these little things, and I do say little, but I actually don't mean it. Uh, the murder hornets, right? So here in the United States, we had these big-ass hornets that, like, can kill anything. Uh, this was the year they were introduced into the U.S. And an, an invasive predatory insect dubbed the murder hornet turned up in Washington State near the Canadian border, and it's sparking panic. An Asian giant hornet can sting you multiple times, so usually and deliver large doses of venom. That's uh, just just because their size, they're they're horrible. I mean, they'll they'll just keep stinging you and, and dumping this poison in you. Uh, it's that's why they call them murder hearts. What we're told from literature is that most people can survive only one or two stings, and yet these things can sting you multiple times. So that's something you have to look forward to. If you think the pandemic was bad, I'd like to run into them. Uh, on an update of that, they, they, <laughs> this is the cool part about science, and, and I love science, is they captured one of these murder hornets, and they put on a little, little, little tracking micro, bio, micro chip on it. And he released it. And, of course, it went back to its, its nest. And they found the nest. But they thought it was going to be in the ground because that's where usually the murder haunted nests, the founder, in the ground. But, no, it was halfway up a tree, of course. But, anyways, uh, they did manage to get the nest. So, hopefully, that's the last we'll ever hear of the murder hornets here in the U.S. So, what other strange things you might ask have happened in uh, 2020? Well, let me tell you, Spirit Quest was canceled. That was pretty strange. After uh, seven years, I had to cancel it this year. No, seven years, 10 years, excuse me. Uh, how about a monkey? He's a monkey? What do you mean a monkey? Yeah, well, there's this monkey. In a bare, bizarre incident in one of Utah's, uh, Utah Pradesh's Largest government hospital, a monkey attacked a lab technician and snatched virals containing blood samples from three COVID patients and escaped. They actually have a video of this, by the way, if you want to see it. Uh, a monkey comes in, attacks a, a – uh, so this is India, by the way, because, you know, monkeys are pretty sacred and they're pretty much loud to run around. In fact, if you go to the, uh, what is that, that tomb near the Agra or whatever it is, it's in Agra, oh, the Taj Mahal, right? There's so many of them over there. They, they were uh, known to attack tourists and so forth. In fact, when President Trump was there, uh, the so, 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 uh, Selective Service was actually a little bit afraid that they were going to have to shoot the monkeys or something, which I can't do, of course, because they're sacred in India. But uh, yeah, they were afraid he was going to get attacked by the monkeys. But anyways, you can see video of this monkey, which occurred in May. He comes in, uh, shows him sitting in the top of a tree with uh, samples that he stole. So he's holding them for ransom. So you want to live? Okay. That's pretty strange, I think. Anyways, what other bizarre incidents occurred? How about Poland invading Czechoslovakia? Vakia. Well, it's now called the Czech Republic. But Poland accidentally invaded the Czech Republic. The accidental, accidental invasions are not unheard of, but they remain uncommon. 
In a minor misunderstanding, Polish military recently invaded and briefly occupied territory in the Czech Republic and stopped locals from entering a church in their own country, reported by the NPR. The misunderstanding was quickly cleared up and the Polish army retreated. Thank God. That's pretty bizarre. How do you invade a country by mistake? I don't know. Maybe we should be afraid of Canada. Anyways. And uh, also this strange year that happened. Yes, this strange year. Pentagon released three UFO videos. The United States Department of Defense officially released three shot videos showing unidentified aerial phenomena. In a statement on April 27th, the Department of Defense uh, said that the videos were taken by Navy pilots in 2004 and 2005 and have been circling on the Internet since they were leaked in 2007 and 2017. So the – I mean, in all fairness, you know, they did have the the report there that they worked on, the, uh, the blue report of Blue Book, the Blue Book. And uh, I know it was a little bit – it's been redacted, but uh, – you know, it was a pretty extensive report, and so we have had witnessed this phenomena, but, you know, we're not really sure of what the phenomena is. Uh, that's why it's called unidentified. You know, we're not saying that they're alien spacecraft, so, you know, don't get your panties in a bunch. Say, oh, see, the Pentagon's uh, saying, oh, yeah, it's it's UFOs, aliens are, are visiting us. Well, no, that's not exactly. It's just something that we can't explain. So anyway, lots of bizarre stuff going on. And uh, this show is going to talk about different things that, that happen in the world. And you would be astonished how many strange, strange things are uh, happening in this world at this time. And uh, talking about bizarre things, I'd like to bring on uh, a couple of things from my favorite uh, bizarre person, and that would be Vala Ventura in the book of Bizarre. And, and uh, uh, yeah, so if Roy, if we have those, can we play those now? If it's if it's possible. The rat tails. Deserved or not, rats have always received bad press. One reason the Egyptians had a cat goddess was because her feline children ate the rodents that ate Egyptian grain. We remember Dick Whittington and his cat because the cat saved London from an invasion of rats, rats carrying the Black Death in the Middle Ages. There was only one known rat goddess. The Malkulans, who live on the island of Vanatu in the South Pacific, have a goddess named Li Hevhev, whose name translates as she who smiles so we can draw near and she can eat us. They offered her boards so she wouldn't eat human corpses. The best rat story concerns the Pied Piper, that magical fellow who lived in early 13th century Germany and had a magic flute whose tune attracted rats. He traveled about the countryside offering to drive the rats out of town and into a cave under a mountain for a fee. When he visited Hamlin, the good burghers hired him and he whistled the rats away. But the burghers neglected to pay him, so the Pied Piper changed his tune and led the town's children under the mountain with his whistle. When rats take over. 
During the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church decided that cats were agents of the devil and ordered the extermination of all felines. For 200 years, there were cat burnings and other forms of cat murder. If you tried to protect your puss, you could be burned at the stake as a witch. Consequently, the population of cats in Europe was decimated, which had an effect the church hadn't considered. The rat population, now unchecked, exploded, and so did the Black Plague, which was spread by fleas on rats. By the time the church saw the error of its ways and reversed its order, decreeing that good Christians must treat cats kindly, 75% of the population of Europe had died in the plague. Cat's revenge? Perhaps. A rat can last longer without water than a camel. Rats can also hold their breath for three minutes and tread water for three days. Rats multiply so quickly that in 18 months, two rats could have over a million descendants. Some freaky facts and terrifying tales from Barla Ventura's The Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. The Ghosts of Nevada County, California, a little haunted hotel on the corner. In the historic town of Nevada City, California, high in the Sierra foothills on the corner of Broad and Pine Streets, there is a small hotel with a big history. Owner Katie Bennett, who bought the U.S. hotel in 2002, has heard strange noises and mysterious sounds regularly, and so have her patrons. The odd occurrences include knocking noises, steps that sound like someone is right outside your door, and lights that flicker on and off. The most common thing Bennett hears is laughter, accompanied by music and footsteps, as if someone is dancing. So it was no surprise to her when a team of paranormal investigators caught the sound of a laughter and footsteps on tape. The recordings included a man calling out for someone named Olga, the sound of boots on hardwood floors, and popping and knocking noises. You can visit NorCalGhostHunters.com, click on EVPs and links, and then scroll down to U.S. Hotel B&B, to hear the evidence for yourself. A ghostly image. In January of 2007, the Union, the local paper for Nevada County, California, reported that a ghostly face had appeared in a photograph. The photo had been taken at the historic Skidmore House, one of a dozen or so original homes still standing in North Bloomfield, a mining town that is now part of the Malakoff Diggins State Historic Park. Sunny Lopez, the park's maintenance mechanic, had moved to the park in July of 2006. He and his wife wanted window treatments that had an old-time feel, and so one afternoon, Lopez took several photographs of Skidmore House and its windows. Later, when he went home to show the photos to his wife, he noticed that the otherwise empty home was perhaps not so empty. In one of the photos was a figure that looked like a woman with long hair pulling back the curtain and looking back out at him. You can view the photograph yourself in the Union's online archives at theunion.com. Do a search for ghostly photographs and see what appears. The Ghost in the Flame Originally built as a firehouse, a necessary building in a gold rush town of shacks and temporary structures, the Firehouse Number no. 2 in Nevada City, California is now a historical museum. Visitors and employees alike have reported hearing footsteps in an otherwise empty room, as well as feeling sudden temperature changes, cold spots, and a general thickening of the atmosphere. 
Some witnesses claim to have seen the ghost of a Victorian woman who searches through cabinets and a female piano player from a nearby whorehouse. A few visitors have even cited a group of Chinese men standing around a shrine, a testimony to the Chinese population that contributed to Nevada City's early growth. Terrifying Tales from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. I'll tell you that rat thing is was pretty interesting. So when do cats are pissed at us half the time? Wow, that's pretty cool. Thanks, Roy. So, anyways, um, I am fl- flying soul. So if anybody wants to contribute to the show, if you have something cool you want to talk about, give me a call at 903-787-5887. That's 903-787-5887. And uh, as long as you have something that's pertinent, we'll deal with it. So anyways, uh, talk about UFOs, as we mentioned earlier before the Beyond Bizarre thing. Uh, Miley, Miley Cyrus, remember her, the girl in the wrecking ball? Well, yeah. She once had an a experience with an alien after being chased by a UFO. Yeah, there you go. Miley Cyrus claimed to have had an experience with an alien in front of her, a taco shop. That makes sense to me. Speaking to uh, Interview Magazine, she said, I'm pretty sure about what I saw, but I also bought weed wax from a guy in a van in front of the taco shop, so it could have been the weed wax. There you go. It looked at me. (laughs) The alien looked at me. We made eye contact, and I think that's what really shook me up, looking into those eyes of something I couldn't quite wrap my head around. I was shaken for like five days and effed me up. <laughs> I I couldn't really look at the sky the same anymore. I thought they might come back. Okay, so I guess the uh, the moral of that is don't buy weed wax in front of a taco shop. And that's what I'm getting out of, anyways. So, anyways, during this lovely uh, pandemic. Uh, you know, people are getting pretty, you know, upset with the, uh, you know, lockdowns and all that stuff. So they'd like to, you know, do something, like to get away from it at all, I guess you would say. So this little tribute came up uh, with the paradigmic restricting people's travel this year. Airlines have been forced to improvise to give at least passengers the feeling that they were allowed to uh, fly around the world. The Australian airline Qantas offered customers a chance to fly around the sites of Australia, even to the Antarctic, without leaving the plane. Really. Even before touching down where it had left off, not even leaving before where you left, it doesn't sound like a thrilling uh, ride, but so otherwise you're going to see all the sights of Australia, including Antarctica, in a plane, but you're not going to fly anywhere. The prices range from 575 to 2765 and believe it or not, or bizarrely as they said, it became one of the most 
popular flights. It sold out in just 10 minutes. It's probably the fastest selling flight in Qantas history. People clearly miss travel and the experience of flying. So they just sat there and pretended they fly. I mean, we could have get a cardboard box. I mean, I'm sure you did when you were a kid and pretend you were flying too, and it would have saved yourself $2,765. Just saying. It happens. So anyway, as I mentioned earlier, uh, if anybody does want to call in the show, the number is 903-787-5887. And uh, we will take a call too. So, still in Australia, there's more weird crap going on. Now we, you know, we know about the weird stuff that happened in Australia earlier this year with those huge fires they had. Those were absolutely horrible. Burnt thousands and thousands, probably millions. I know it might not be exaggerating acres, and killed a, a ton of uh, really cool animals because Australia, let's face it, have the coolest animals. Uh, but anyways, but they also have a reverse waterfall in Australia. There's plenty of weird weather-based phenomena. This year, uh, like the heat wave that didn't want to end in the uh, fire tornadoes in California. Fire tornadoes are pretty cool. Those are the ones that they look like a tornado except they're fire. You know, it's something right out of a... Uh, Horror, oh God, the horrible, uh, or one of these Harry Potter or, or Game of Thrones things. It's pretty weird. Anyways, however, uh, we're not sure anything is stranger than the waterfall that went backwards in Australia. As winds gust up to 70 kilometers, several waterfalls in the Royal National Park near Sydney, Sydney actually began to be blown backwards creating literally a reverse waterfalls. Severe weather warning for damaging winds and damaging surf is currently in Sydney in the mid-coast. At the moment, wind gushes 70 miles an hour, and several reverse waterfalls have been seen in the National Park. That was from the Channel 7 Sydney News as it happened, and they show pictures of it. You can see the water going up and over backwards, which is actually a video. It's more than a thing, so... It's good. So, in this world of politically correctness and, uh, you know, Justice League and all that stuff, uh, we have a really interesting story for you people. Uh, a pair of gay penguins stole an egg from a pair of lesbian penguins. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm just reading it. The Dutch LGBTQ plus penguin community on your 2020 bingo card has to be congratulated. Over the uh, Amstaf, wow, Amstafort Dinesen Park Zoo, a pair of gay penguins stole an entire batch of eggs to hatch as their own from a pair of lesbian penguins. The gay penguins, named Tux and Flipper, have had the reputation of causing trouble uh, previously, and they stole a single egg in 2019, which failed to hatch. They, they clearly didn't want to be foiled again, so this time they stole the entire batch of eggs 
They also took over the two enclosures. Although the pair seem determined to get their own little penguins, it is unlikely it will happen. Zookeeper Zander Drost explained to RTV Uteret, that that's a Dutch name, I'm sure, that because the eggs were produced by lesbian couple, they couldn't uh, be fertilized, thus unlikely to bring any baby penguins into the world. Drost does not believe that one day same-sex penguins could conceivably lay eggs that hatch. We have a penguin couple with fertilized eggs. Uh, when something happens that prevents them from hatching itself, we can surrender those eggs to a gay couple. That's nice, isn't it? Oh, that's so sweet. Anyways, uh, we're coming up to two-minute warning here on, this, on the second half. You know, first of all, I never knew there was such thing as gay and lesbian penguins, but you learn something every day. That's what this show is all about, learning, giving you facts that you never heard of, and maybe you didn't, but they're here. Anyways, so uh, let me see if we have enough time for another one of these exciting stories that I have here for you guys. Uh, let me see. We have about a minute. No, I'm done. We don't. Anyway, so we'll come back with some more of them. Anyways, this I don't know if I can beat that one, though. That was pretty good. Anyways, uh, you know, in the, the last Beyond Bazaar, there was a uh, thing about uh, where they recorded footsteps. Well, in last month's uh, Red Light Seance, as you know or don't know, I've been conducting Red Light Seances for seven years now. It's part of some research I'm doing on physical mediumship. And in one of the seances, it was clearly heard and recorded uh, steps on a hardwood floor during the seance. And yet uh, there was nobody around uh, or moving their feet that that uh, could produce these. So that was pretty interesting. Anyways, I do have to take a break. Today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. And you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinet and Pararex Radio. And we'll be right back with more exciting stuff right after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he is a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with myself, Ron Kolick, New England's own Van Helsing, right here on Tojinet and Parax Radio. And tonight, I'm looking at this strange year that wasn't this year, year 2020. And uh, we've had some pretty weird stuff that happened. And, and this is all, I'm not making any of this stuff up, by the way. This is all stuff that has been reported and fairly reputable uh, sources. So, but I also have, we played a couple of Beyond Bizarres for you earlier. And this segment, we're going to do a segment from the international show, uh, The Teller of Curious Tales, uh, which is a popular uh, piece that we do on the international show, if you haven't listened to an international show. So what other strange things have happened in this year? Well, did you know they discovered water on the moon? Much like previous, uh, you know, I talked about the UFOs uh, being seen in the skies. The moon uh, is going to be a gigantic story this year the, because, I don't know if you know this, but it's supposedly devoid of any water or material. But this is from NASA. Using a... S- Sophia telescope, we found water on the moon's sunlit surface for the first time. Scientists think the water could be stored in glass-like and glass bead-like structures within the soil uh, that can uh, be smaller than the tip of a pencil. Scientists and experts are yet to state what they believe the implications of this landmark discovery is. But in the meantime, uh, everyone couldn't uh, be more excited uh, about it than this. Well, you know, I mean, and for other, you know, other than rats, uh, evidently, and camels, uh, the, the humans need water to survive. So if we we are going to build a base there eventually on the moon, uh we will need water to survive, and if these little, whatever they are, uh, structures can be harvested and, and the water taken from them, it might uh, aid in, uh, you know, our survival there. But anyway, and uh, still staying in space, do you remember about the Venus? They found what they believe to be life on Venus. Now, Venus is a pretty bad planet to, to live on. It's, it's got poisonous gas and everything else. But some of the uh, gases they discovered uh, believed contain, uh, uh, what's the word, microbes that uh, survive on certain uh, 
poisonous gas. Like for instance, life life is intriguing that it can survive virtually anywhere. For instance, uh, if you go down to uh, the vents in the ocean, where this is where the lava of the from the core is actually coming through, and temperatures reach some phenomenal degrees. Uh, they found life actually on these vents that can survive this. Uh, so, I mean, that's intriguing stuff. On a lighter note, I don't know if you guys, you know The Rock, probably one of my favorite wrestlers from uh, the WWF or the WWE as it's called now, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? He's also, you know, a pretty cool actor, too. I don't know if you like him or not. I probably think more guys than women, but I think he does have a little bit of a appeal to women as well. But anyways, uh, he's also strong. I don't know if you know that. He's a pretty strong guy. In September, he shared pictures on Instagram of the electric gates to his house being completely demolished and lying on the ground. Turns out there was a power outage at the star's home, which left him locked in the grounds. However, Johnson, Johnson still needed to go to work, so he did what any normal person would do. He ripped the hinges off, the gates off the hinges. And this is uh, actually what he tweeted. Not my finest hours, but a man's got to go to work. We experienced a powder outage due, due to the severe storm, causing the front gates not to open. I try to override the hydraulic system to open the gates, which usually works when the power goes out, but this time it would. Made some calls to see how fast I could get the gates or the gate tech to the site, but I didn't have 45 minutes to wait for them. By this time, I know I have hundreds of production crew waiting for me to come to work so we can start the day. So I did what I had to do. I pushed and pulled and ripped the gate completely off myself. Tore it out of the brick wall, severed the steel hydraulics, and threw it in the grass. My security team was able to uh, meet the gate tech and welders in about an hour, and they apparently in disbelief at the <laughs> the carnage. Not my finest hour, but I had to go to work. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. That's my type of guy. All right, so... Uh, did you know Kim Jong-un? Kim Jong-un, well, you can say that five times. We know who he is. He's the supreme leader of North Korea. And uh, for in this year, many people believed, starting in April, that he had died. Uh, for a short period in April, people genuinely believed that Tong Young, yeah, Kim Jong-un had passed away thanks to a lot of misinformation that was being spread about the dictator. Despite, the, despite there being no confirmation about Kim's death, the Internet still went ahead and made lots of minds and others uh, speculating that his sister Kim Yo-jong was set up to replace him. Kim Jong-un, sir, we don't see eye to eye on many policies, but I look forward to you recovering from your brain dead so he, he can, we can have a beer. That was one from Wint. Okay. So, and the internet, lots and lots of good information in there. Most of it wrong. Anyway. So, 
I told you I had a treat for you. So this is going to be the Teller of Curious Tales. It's it's rather a long one, but in honor of our good friend, the Teller, uh, I decided to play this today. So without further ado, Roy, can we hear the Teller of Curious Tales? Maybe. Could be. Anything? <laughs> well, he's not got my message, evidently. But anyway, all right, so go back to what I was doing. Roy, if you can uh, hear me, you can cut any, bring it in anytime you'd like. I am here waiting with bated breath. Tonight. I, the teller of curious tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories. True stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. In 1906, there was a hotel on the Rue L'Armand in Paris called Hotel d'Amsterdam. It was most frequented by dealers in precious gems. Its landlord was Mynheer van der Veldt, a Dutchman and a former diamond cutter. Business was good and the hotel was prosperous. One evening, a South African named Culvert registered there. It was known that he carried a number of uncut diamonds in his pockets, but so did most of the guests, and no one paid any attention to it. On his first Friday at the hotel, he retired early in the evening, and as usual on Saturday morning, a waiter brought coffee and rolls to room 14. He knocked on the door. There was no answer. Another knock, harder this time. Still no answer. Vaguely alarmed and sensing disaster, he went to the landlord and told him he was unable to awaken the young man in room 14. The landlord ran upstairs and looked through the keyhole, but could see nothing, as the key was in the lock. With a piece of wire, he worked it out and, inserting a master key, opened the door and entered room 14. The South African was dead. He was hanging from a huge ancient iron hook which was cemented into the wall. Around his neck was the cord used to loop back the heavy window curtain. The dead man's face was blue and swollen, his eyes wide open. His face was a mask of nameless horror, and his legs were doubled up to keep them from touching the floor. Since all the windows and doors were fastened from the inside, it could have been nothing but suicide, and was so listed on the death certificate. Two weeks passed. The South African suicide was practically forgotten when room 14 had its second tragedy. 
This time, a Frenchman. He was found hanging from the same hook, a piece of the same cord around his neck, the same doubled-up legs, the same expression of nameless horror. Again, the verdict was suicide, the doctor remarking on the strange power of suggestion. That day, all the guests left the hotel. The proprietor was in despair, offering a hundred francs to anyone who would spend a night in the room. A sergeant of police, an ex-soldier who had served in Africa, accepted the offer. On Thursday night, he slept in room 14. He slept soundly, and next morning reported that he had no way been disturbed. But someone remembered that both deaths occurred on Friday night, so the sergeant was asked to stay in room 14 that night. He agreed and accepted another hundred francs and laughed when anyone tried to dissuade him. Friday night passed and Saturday morning came. The waiter's knocks on the door of room 14 once more remained unanswered. After the door was broken in, there was the sergeant, hanging from the ancient hook, the curtain rope around his neck, an expression of horror on his face. No violence, no foul play. The newspapers took it up, and the headlines screamed of a murderous ghost, a haunted room in the heart of Paris. They offered a considerable reward to anyone who would stay in the room. Ricardo Garibaldi moved in. For four days he never left room 14. Twice during the day and once each evening Garibaldi was called on the telephone and each time he answered that he had seen and heard nothing. This continued until Friday. Twice that evening he answered the phone, but on Saturday morning Garibaldi was dead and he died exactly as all the others had, but this time the police refused the doctor's verdict of suicide. They insisted it was murder and set out to prove it, for they had a tiny piece of paper on which was written, something's happening, the wall is and then one word. Assassins! Two detectives, unknown to that part of Paris, came to the Hotel d'Amsterdam. One registered to room 14, the other was given accommodations on the floor below. It was Friday night. One detective was hiding under the bed, the other sat up reading. Everything was quiet. Suddenly the silence was broken by a hissing sound. A noise like that of escaping gas. But both men were prepared for this, as they expected a stupefying gas of some kind. They stuffed their noses with tiny cones of cotton, which had been treated to neutralise gas. The man in the chair feigned drowsiness and then deep sleep. The lights went out. Slowly, a part of the wall began moving forward, and a figure stood in the recess. A squat, 
deformed Chinaman with long, thin arms and fingers that moved like the legs of an imprisoned insect. He advanced towards the detective, who was feigning sleep. Silently, the detective under the bed rolled out and stood up. For the first time, the silence was broken when he snapped out the following. Stand still! Up with your hands! After that, pandemonium broke loose. Fighting, struggling, tables and chairs thrown and overturned. Two shots rang out. Whistles shrilled in the street. The sound of running men and trampling feet. Then quiet again. When the detectives turned on their flashlights, they found two Chinamen and a white man on the floor. Both Chinese were unconscious. The white man was stunned. By the time the two detectives had handcuffed the latter, six other men were driven through the secret wall, opening by the police. After these men were safely under lock and key, a careful search of the premises was made. An underground passage leading to room 14 from the house next door was found. And through this passage, the murderer had come to rob and kill. Stealing silently into the room, he strangled his victims, whose legs were then doubled up, and after rigor mortis had set in, a rope was put around his neck, and he was hung on the ancient hook. So was solved the mystery of the suicide room. strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep time. things that happened in this strange year 2020 the year that wasn't so everybody's under a lot, a lot of pressure evidently and it's beginning to get to them well unfortunately it's even affecting poor little gritty who is gritty you might ask well gritty is the philadelphia flyers mascot apparently Philadelphia mascot, Gritty, is under investigation for assault. The giant orange Muppet from hell punched a 13-year-old fan during a photo shoot in November. Chris Grinwell says his son, Brandon, patted Gritty on the head and walked away after the photo. Then Gritty took a running start and punched my son so hard, so hard as he could. It's proven hard to write about this when you simply have no words. I mean, what can you say when a Muppet attacks a kid? What's this world coming to? The team claims they did an investigation and found no truth in the, in the uh, claims, but now the police are on the case, and we have no idea where it's going to go from there. Unless, of course, the police are defunded, and then you don't have to worry about it. On a sad note, on January 22nd, Planters announced via Twitter that Mr. Peanut had died. Yes, Mr. Peanut. 
The cartoon peanut with the top hat and monocle. Oh, that's so sad. I remember him when I was a kid. In fact, I had one, a little tiny one that used to glow in the dark. I used to love stuff that glowed in the dark. I used to collect it. I used to think it was like the coolest thing. That's why I loved all that radium stuff that was killing you, you know, radium alarm clocks and watches on your dial and stuff. I mean, dials on your watches. Oh, yeah, cool stuff. Anyways, Mr. Peanut sacrificed himself in a car crash to save his friend. The announcement was shocking. Most of the reaction uh, by people was that they loved Mr. Peanut, and he had died, and they were so sad. They hope he roasts in hell. Oh, that's bad. Mr. Peanut's death was celebrated all over the Internet. There was cheering in the street. I had no idea people cared about Mr. Peanut that much. Uh, sad world, sad world. Mr. Peanut's dead. All right. So, as I mentioned earlier, do you remember those wildfires in Australia? Well, people from all over the world, you know, since we sent firefighters there. In fact, I think one of our firefighters died there. Uh, but uh, people sent money, donations, everything. It was pretty good. So leave it to somebody uh, to come up with an unusual way to raise money. Australia has been uh, dealing with devastating wildfires, and people all over the world have stepped in to donate to the cause. One enterprising woman, Kaylin Wad, went above and beyond by sending nude photos of herself to anyone who would donate $10 to the organizations working to put out the fires. All you had to do was send out that you sent uh, proof to, that you donated, and uh, oh my God, she raised over a million dollars. The naked philanthropist, as she calls herself, uh, has changed the charity game forever. A million dollars at 10 bucks a crack. That's that's a lot of nude photos, I guess. And I am looking at one right now, and goodness gracious, it's not bad. I don't know if it's worth 10 bucks, but whatever. Anyways, moving along. Uh, mysterious drones over Colorado and Nebraska. So not to alarm you, but there have been mysterious sighting of a swarm of drones in the skies of Colorado and Nebraska. Authorities have claimed that there is nothing weird about the flying objects, which many claim as big as a car flying in groups in grid patterns at night. Terrifying. Conspiracy theories abound. Some believe they are aliens. Others, they are convinced it's the military, but they ain't fessing up either. So anyway, we got our UFOs again, drones, and other weird stuff. Now, this has been reported by uh, several pilots from LAX uh, Airport in California that they have seen a man flying at, I think, 3,000 feet. Now, I know Superman's not around anymore, so I'm not sure what this is. I, I know we have the rocket packs that can get you up there, but according to the manufacturer, they, they can't go that far up. But there have been, I believe, at least three reputable – I mean, we're talking pilots here. We're not talking, uh, you know, one of the people in the uh, first-class sanction drinking all that scotch and brandy. Nope. So there you go. Other weird stuff. How can weird stuff? I don't know. Anyways, 
right, what's happening? So, um, let's see what I have. Oh, I don't know if I can even say this. All right, this is the strangest. This is just plain weird. There's a candle by Vosgie Perfume. And, uh, okay. 2020 was the year Goop started selling a candle that smells like Gwen Paltrow's, <clears throat> you guessed it. So, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> the craziest part that it's $75 for this candle that smells like Gwen Paltrow's, you know what. Uh, and it's actually sold out very quickly. I have no idea. I know they have, you know, candles that smell like, you know, wood chips, tobacco, beer. Uh, they even have them as B.O., but Gwen Petro, first of all, how do they know? What do they know? Never mind. I better move on. I'm going to get myself in more trouble than I want on this one. Uh, oh, God. Unbelievable. Gwen Paltrow's thing. Anyway, all right, so I've got to get off this stuff because, uh, oh, thank God, I'm going far, far down the wrong direction, and I think I've ended it with that with just a good note, if that was a good note. So anyways, this has been the show. It's been strange. It's been weird, but this year has been strange and weird, and that's why I decided to do this show. I said, you know what? I want to look and see what the weird stuff I mean, this is even half of the weird stuff that's going on around this world. Go look in your Funkin' Wagnalls and, and see the, the stuff that's happening, the things you, you can't even explain. And, and not even – look at the strange weather, the strange uh, geological stuff that's been going on. It's been really weird. And, hey, do you know that one-third of people believe that this virus was sent by God for us to self-quarantine and to think about our lives? Maybe there's something to it. Maybe we ought to start thinking about our lives. Maybe we ought to start living a little better, start treating each other a little better, you know. And, and I don't mean forcing your freaking ideas on other people. Whatever happened to that 60 stuff, live and let live. That's what we need right now. People are just leave other people alone. You know what? Take care of your own life. Take care of – do things you can – Help your own people. Help people. Put that energy in the positive. Never mind this negative crap. So, anyways, I've got to wrap it up. Today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group. If you've got any weird stuff that happened that I missed on this show, it's got to be weirder than Glenn Petro's, you know what, uh, then, you know, post them on our page, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And if you like the show, join us on Patreon. So till next time, when I will have Ann back, I promise you that. Uh, good night. God bless. And stay safe. And remember to keep your stick on the ice.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.